Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the Acast app or at our Patreon, which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. Pat, we're here to do the news dump. What, what do I use at the start of this one? I think it's the... No, 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 Yeah, because there's, there's, there's one that's like, guess what, guys? You're going to be sad. And there's one that's like, it's sad. <laughs> um, what are we talking about today? Do you remember? Um, oh, we should sing it. We should be like, rent! Rent. 535,600 minutes. Is that, I don't. That's from Rent. Okay. Measuring love. Baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. Um, but we're here to talk about Rent. Uh, I, and to start, I wanted to talk about our different rental situations. Yeah. I'll start with mine because mine's a lot simpler. Corey and I rent a two-bedroom in Southeast Portland. It's about fourteen eighty a month. Uh, and last month was the first month we ever we ever used the credit card to pay the uh the rent. But I am back on track to be able to pay rent. But it was definitely very stressful. And I've been paying rent, not using a student loan, pay, like student loan money. I've been paying rent since 2014, but I was using student loan money that I still owe to pay rent money in college. I have been, well, there have been times I either, I haven't been able to pay rent because I didn't have a job or I, I was uh, homeless. So I do, can't pay rent if you don't have a home to pay rent to, you know. What right. I mean? uh, right now, my current situation is that I I am supposed to pay seven fifty for an attic space about the size of a bedroom. Like yeah, I, it's been, a pretty big room. Yeah, it's a pretty. It's it's weird because like it it's it feels bigger than it is, and I'm very fortunate to have it. But like the reason I have it is because like it's a family member's house, and like we're we're really close, and like. I'm aware that I cost him money and we actually just had a phone conversation a while ago about it because I was like, I feel fucking awful. And he's like, you should in your family. And I'm like, I know, but we still exist in capitalism. Yeah, so exactly. Like, like it doesn't matter. Eventually there are consequences to you. So I need to have a solution. It doesn't matter if I can only give you 300 a month. Society is like, well, you don't get to exist unless this guy gives you 800 mm -hmm. a month or whatever and our our rent is 800 a month for rooms and a house and it's gonna go up and it's not even a situation where dude like it's a fucked up thing where it's like i definitely hate the concept of landlords but i also understand there's there's at least two or three of of fucking my family for every 20 or 30 guys land you know what i mean like i i'm i guarantee he's not the only person in this position like, I feel, I legit feel bad that m my landlord is so nice to me with how much I hate landlords. You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely, he's, it's proof, yeah, it's it's a proof different to me situation. that God exists and he's an asshole. But, yeah, but I mean, like, it, yeah, so my parents um, owned two rental properties in Great Falls. My dad did all the property management and maintenance. 
they also had seven children and that was to make sure that we had enough money to pay bills and feed people. It wasn't to like get rich quick. It wasn't. Yeah. It, and I mean, this isn't me saying that landlording is a good thing, but it's to say that it's an unfair system and there can be people who do right by you in an unfair system. And it sounds like your landlord is one of those scenarios. And I've lived in situations like that where like, so when I, the last place I lived in, in Missoula, before I moved out here, I lived with my bosses at the bakery that I worked at. And so they only charged me like 200 bucks a month for rent. Oh, nice. And I only had to work part time. Like it was, it was pretty fucking sweet. Um, but then I've also been beholden to really shitty property management companies. Oh, yeah. I had to get in like a fucking email battle with when I lived on like 82nd and Duke because, um, like the mailbox was broken. We could not keep our mailbox cl- locked. And it was like the bank, you know, in the parking lot. Yeah. They told me that the post office needed to fix it. Post office told me they needed to fix it. And so this is going on for about half a month to a month and then finally i say in an email i'm pretty sure my mail is being stolen and within a couple of days we had new mailboxes but like that's that's the thing so the drawbacks to renting in my personal opinion are all of that money is gone just gone yeah, yeah It's completely, you are not creating any equity. You aren't doing anything like that. That money is gone. I'm aware of that because it's like one of, one of the issues I always have is, is when I do have a job, right? Child support comes out of that, which is like, duh, that's, thank God I don't want to do the math. Right. Like I have my issues with the fact that there's a cash value on my child's life, but that's separate from the fact Mm -hmm. that like, no, I'll pay child support if I can. Like if I have a job, sure. But that comes out of, if I'm making minimum wage, that means I'm now making less than minimum wage, yep. which means I'm constantly trying to find living situations that accommodate that. And I'm never able to save money because I'm constantly renting. And I'm never, not only mm-hmm. that, but I'm never saving anything security-wise. I've had, since I was 18, since I left home, at least a dozen places. At least. And some of those were girlfriends' houses that I stayed at by cleaning, uh, wives' houses that I mm-hmm. stayed at by cleaning. Like some of that, uh, I'm counting homeless, but being in somebody's backyard as like a time. And like I've been in versions of the same kind of really cheap rent, 90 of us in a house where none of us know the landlord and like people steal shit all the time. And like, I don't know any of these people. And like, it's actually not cool to bring my kid there. This place, I at least am like, no, it's just family. Like, this is fucking people I can trust and feel safe around. And that's super fucking rare. Yeah, it's very rare for a lot of people to have affordable housing. They have to sacrifice safety they have to sacrifice a lot of the amenities. Or you have to live in Forest Grove and make yeah, your you way have to, to live. You have to live two to three time. hours away from work. The nicest um, place I ever lived was Forest Grove. We had like, we rented a four, three bedroom house. Oh shit. But I worked. You were in Forest Grove. And I worked yeah. in Gresham. Yep. Yep. So yep. I functionally just never lived. Like just went to work. Another flaw to the renting landlord system is that our country doesn't really prioritize educating renters on their rights. 
and there still are some rights that renters don't have that they probably should have. And a lot of property management companies and individual landlords and shit don't know the rules or do know the rules and still actively disregard them and enter your premise without your permission. All in all, renting to me is not a great situation. And where we are in the United States right now is that we are in a housing crisis and we are in a time period where rent is skyrocketing and people are struggling to live. But also here's, uh, I, most of our rental laws and rules are super fucking new. Like the oh, 60s yeah. new. Mm-hmm. Like there's an episode of The Dollop I was listening to that's about New York used to once a year, it would just be like, fucking everybody out your house. Let's start rents all over again. And so, like, you had to move all your shit unless you agreed in advance to, like, pay whatever the rent hike was. So there would just be a moving day where fucking every... That's, like, the reverse of, like, the Jewish practice of, like, forgiving all the debts once a year. Damn. God, I fucking hate America. And they would, would, like, change the rents at the last minute so you would have, like, your deposit ready and they'd be... Actually, it's a grant. And then if you have, if somebody else has a grand, well, you're like, well, I have 750 and I've been here the whole time. Like, yeah, but they have a grand. And, and the I new mean, rent is now a grand from now on. There's a huge financial barrier to renting where it's like they want you to have three months rent saved up. They want you to have this much. They want you to put down this much for a security deposit. You need to pay an application fee. So there's all these financial barriers and all of these expectations about how your credit score looks, how your rental history looks, all this stuff. And I mean... If you're someone who's impoverished, who lives in poverty, your record's not going to look good. Like, it's just fucking not, because that's how life is. But you still need a place to fucking live. And then, and then there's the fucking social stigma of all that, where, like, I, I, I am 100% sure the older I get, the more I haven't been booked based on the fact that I haven't had a home than any, any personality quirk or lack of material. Like, I'm, I am a C-level comedian at best. I'm aware of that. But I am also, I, I've worked really hard. I haven't not worked at it. But I guarantee a fair amount of it has been people being like, no, that guy doesn't have a house. He doesn't need stage time. Like, I don't even think it's that. I think it's that they don't want you to make an audience uncomfortable <laughs> with the fact that you're poor. Yeah, there is that. I, have I been, think that might be more I, of it. I have been told not to do. That's. I've been told not to do poor material. My favorite was somebody being like, "Could you? Could you not mention you have three missing vertebrae? Like it really. It sucks for other people to hear." And I was like, "How do you think it feels to? I don't know. Live it." But like it's it's funny to me because also my first rule of comedy based on growing up listening to Carlin and Cosby and others is <laughs> was was that they don't know you like your whole job as a comedian is to introduce and explain them to you so you can explain why you're funny and why they should be laughing at what you say because mm-hmm. if I if I can't get you on my side what's the point of what are we laughing at right. And usually, and I guess that's maybe the difference between me and a lot of other comedians is I'm like, oh, we should all be on the same side. Like, right. A lot of comedians get into comedy because they're like, I'm better than all of you. I was a bit smug when I started, so I get that. Oh, no, I was too. I I was awoken to the fact that that smugness wasn't going to get me anywhere. And also that the community around it sometimes is so much more important than how funny you are. Um... So the reason I did want to talk about this is I watched a couple YouTube videos uh, the other day. One was a Vice one specifically about the rental crisis and 
they were specifically talking about manufactured homes and how there's big property. And John Oliver did a thing about it where like there's these big companies who are buying out mobile home lots and then jacking up the rent prices Mm -hmm. like crazy. Cause those people usually own those homes, but they're not super movable and they depreciate in value almost instantaneously it's like buying a car but it's a house it's it's a similar scam to like what uh mcdonald's some of them is a, some of them have a similar scam to what mcdonald's pulls which is mcdonald's will own the property and it will also own like the building on the property so it can collect rent from itself to itself oh and some God. of these places will own the property and they'll own the house so they'll so or you'll own the house and they own the property so once you lose the house they get both those things yeah exactly and so the problem is is that there are these property com- management companies and coming in buying the whole um the whole lot and then jacking up the prices and pushing people out who had been living there for years like one of the people they talked to was this gal who she like obviously raises a lot of like ra- uh, like spiders and tarantulas and shit and she also writes young adult fiction and it's like post-apocalyptic so i was like this person sounds like my hero um yeah. but um audience the audience can't feel i, I hope they can feel the sigh i did because i didn't want to sigh but, she oh. sounds great okay she sounds great but uh she was talking a lot about it how where it's like where she was originally paying like $400 a month or maybe even like $200 a month. Now she's paying like $500 a month and they keep on adding on all these extra fees, all of this stuff. And I mean, this is a situation where it's like, you don't get to decide whether or not that's feasible for you because you can't really leave. And they're kind of banking on that. Yeah. They interviewed a dude asking about like, what are potential solutions? Well, and he said, well, in this specific scenario, rent control would make sense because you're controlling how people are renting land and not necessarily a property. But his argument was that when it came to um, like traditional rental properties, like an apartment complex or renting a house or something like that, there shouldn't be rent control for that because that disincentivizes people from building new developments for people to rent and live in. And uh, I'm going to call bullshit on that right fucking there because there are plenty of empty units that people could move into right now. That, that'll be funny when we get to, to And to what's wild part. is, is there's so many other things that we could be building or fixing right now. Like all of the fucking roads, all of the bridges, all of the not earthquake safe buildings in Portland, like all of these brick apartment complexes that are just going to pancake and kill everybody inside. I'm sure I'm dead. I'm sure I'm dead if we have an earthquake. Yeah, I know your place doesn't look particularly sad. I'm at least paralyzed. So the second one I watched was about millionaire row, which is these, it's at least three buildings in um, New York city. I think they're in, I don't, I don't care. I don't give a shit what fucking neighborhood. They're all rich people. They can go fuck themselves. But, um, it's like these big tall skyscrapers that have these really big expensive units in them, like $17 million. Just really expensive. A month? A year? What do you, oh, is, that, it, no, that's just like the property. Like, that's how much the property oh, is. Because okay. they're not, these aren't rentals, but like. Oh, you can just buy the space. Yeah, in you're, the you're buying the units, like kind of like a condo. Okay, I just assumed um, you always owned, like somebody, I just assumed you always rented or right? those. I just assumed those were always. But like, the video I was watching, they were talking about the fact that like, real estate is a good thing to put your money into, but it's not particularly mobile or like fluid. Like it's hard to move that money. 
But when it comes to owning these, this is a type of real estate that's always going to have like someone going to be interested in it because it's yeah. like, oh, you're in the middle of New York, blah, 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 blah. So it's this move by the ultra wealthy to figure out another way to create an asset that they can buy and get rid of as quickly as possible. And the really fucked up thing about these units, a lot of these units and a lot of these luxury things is that there have been subsidies put out for those to be built. And it also affects like the property taxes too. So you can have one of these fucking million dollar penthouses and only paying like 200 bucks in uh, taxes every year. Well, someone who's got like a $300,000 house in a, like a neighborhood over is paying thousands of dollars in taxes. Now in this video, it was really great because they were interviewing a um, real estate agent for like really fancy shit in New York. And he's like, well, you know, being rich is like pretty tough because like, you, there's all these extra fees you gotta pay. It's like, I gotta pay a fee for this. Shit, I'm pretty sure I have to pay a fee if I take a left outside, you know, instead of a right. So we just, and like, I really appreciated that in that piece, they played silly music while this man was saying this so that people could point out, like, realize this was fucking bullshit versus the other guy saying that we cannot have rent control and they just like did not challenge that at all. So it was like, it seemed like both of them were admitting there's a crisis. Like in the first one, they talked to a dude who's just been living in his truck for months and all of his belongings are in a storage unit. And it's just like this little, little old man and like clearly like a, Vietnam vet or something yeah. and he has his dog and he's like yeah I thought about killing myself like and I'm just like thinking to myself we have all these people who are like it's like they just need a place to exist and we make it so hard and then the lack of empathy we have in this scenario for something that is a vital need for everyone we all want a place to call home and a place to feel safe and and if you don't have that you can die from that that's the other part to me is we're yeah. fine with just kind of killing we're fine with apathetically letting people die, which, at least the way my brain is wired, not much different than killing. It's yeah. really hard for me not to be like, no, I'm helping kill these people. Like, this is why I personally get frustrated, because it's like, if I am in the system, I am personally complicit. And I know I, I anyone who follows me on social media knows I am like, you, you, you. I'm talking about me. Like, I don't like that I'm in this shit. I don't like that we have people dying of exposure because, like a rich dude wants a tax break mm -hmm. like no that, exactly because it's it that logic gets that part is extra ridiculous because i spent uh I, I spent too much of my life watching fox news we got the receipts in the uh the only thing i stopped at was i stopped when i got to a 30 minute video about 10 minutes in and i was like i'm i'm gonna become a terrorist from these things uh, actually, I probably don't want to use that language. I, I just, I, I, extremist. I, yeah, I was making breakfast and like <laughs> freedom fighter. Hello. I was making breakfast and patriot murdering my eggs. Just <laughs> uh, um, you so, were liberating your eggs. So the thing is, if you if you, you can do it, if you search rent problems, Fox News, not a whole lot of things coming up. What's interesting. Is if you put up. Well, what's interesting is there will be an acknowledgement that there is a certain point that's insane on a local level. So, like, on Fox Insider business thingy, yeah, they on don't, Fox Main. They don't want it to be a collective problem. It's these select areas are having issues. And Fox 5 Vegas, right? Vegas is having a big problem because guess what got really hit hard by uh, the coronavirus? 
all that pool live, maintenance that too all that live entertainment though yeah like and and live entertainment isn't just the person in front of the microphone it's the it's crew the light it's, it's the, the sound security, it's, it's the, the security it's, all, it's the maintenance it's the janitorial staff the custodial staff yeah it's it's all those people and they're all they're all struggling the people working in concessions and in in one instance somebody's rent went from like Twelve thirty-five to forty-one hundred dollars. That's that's and, insane. And so they're like, "That's insane." That's well, that. and that's an important thing. So when we were talking about protections for renters, mm-hmm. some places have at least like a ceiling on how much you can increase rent from one time period to time based on certain characteristics and factors. That is not most places. So, and most places there is literally no rules on the book about how much you can raise someone's rent. And so, like Fox Five on your side or whatever is gonna take that side, and they're gonna make it specifically that person. It's it's this one greedy guy, or 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 it's a lady who wants to price them out so she can take the house back because she's an elderly retired person. Mm-hmm. No, no investigation on whether or not she has more properties or anything like that is gonna be done. It's just this is what she says. Kind right. of shit, but it's 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 affecting a lot of people in Vegas in particular because like all the casinos shut down, all the all well. The I mean, think food. about Vegas during one of the last financial crises, like two thousand eight. They were hit really fucking hard by that crisis, and, and they're also facing a water shortage. So that's super cool for those people. That's great, but that's that's kind of how Fox is framing it on on their on their search level. But if you start asking about homeownership, oh god, shit gets a little bit different. Because, like, homeownership is also down. I do not... I, I put in a few videos that I do not understand the mortgage and the Fed rates and whatever. So the way they're framing it... The way they're framing it is about homeownership. And and the one big issue is that there was a, a moratorium on... Uh, Evictions and foreclosures, yeah. yeah. So so none of that could happen, but they're but easing the up. the moratorium is stopped. And, and, and as a result... Like, homeownership has, like, there's been a huge dramatic change in who does and doesn't have a home and who's buying and who's selling. And the big thing is a lot of people are selling because they're fucked financially and they need to downsize. They need to liquefy some assets because they have no other way to survive. And a lot of other places, a lot of people, their circumstances changed and, like, their job doesn't exist anymore. And Or they're now disabled and they can't have those kind of assets and still qualify for benefits. Yeah. So, shit like that is going on. But... What's, what, what, what I find interesting is that it's not about the rent, and it's also not about landlords facing any problems. It's always about homeowners. Very few mentions of landlords, unless it's, you know, the little old lady who wants to price somebody out so she yeah, can get her house back. Yeah, it's never back. like a property management company. Yeah, yeah, and what they'll do, though, is they'll have the CEO of fucking Century 21 on oh. to explain about, like, why why the fed needs to respond appropriately oh you mean it's like how at the beginning of russia's invasion into ukraine they're like well we need to raise the oil prices because because yeah it's so so it's about that but the deal is that there are there are a lot of homes owned and that's important that's an important distinction many homes are owned the part Fox doesn't maybe mention by big companies that yeah that go unoccupied. So there are a lot of houses that are owned, but as far as are unused. Yeah, and but as far as Fox is concerned, because they are owned, that's the that, that's not a problem. They are owned. Somebody somebody is invested in taking care of this. If there's a homeless problem, it's because we're not building enough houses. 
And so there's a lot of conversation about how things are going up because of supply chain issues, how because builders don't want to build more houses, there's not nearly, like it's fucking with the market. We're not facing a bubble. We are definitely not facing a bubble. We are not facing a bubble. We, there's no bubble. There's no don't bubble. worry. Bubbles aren't here. Bubbles aren't real. We never had a bubble before. That 2008 was an aberration. It was about, it. It was about giving credit to idiots. That, Shake that bubble, but. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't about, it wasn't about banks shortchanging people it wasn't about banks giving loans that couldn't be paid back it wasn't about people being intentionally shitty it wasn't about it wasn't about it, it was it was an accident it was dumb people being dumb it wasn't anything that anyone could prevent also like nobody wants to work so of course nobody wants to build houses hyperbole in foxland minute is over i just wanted to give you an idea of like right and like i definitely think a little bit of the blame builders part is like to get in on the like nobody wants to work like nobody nobody wants to work anymore they don't want to, they don't even want to build houses for themselves so here's something i want to add to that one problem we're also seeing and i mean this has been happening for a while but it's people who f there's this house flipping problem too yeah where someone's buying a house in a depressed area and flipping it so there's two different things that are happening. That's raising the property values, making it harder for other people to stay in that area. And if they did a shit job on the flip, you could have a poorly constructed house that's going to fall the fuck apart. And that's what they're, that's what they're noticing a lot. That's, yeah. That is what Fox is cautioning against a lot. Because and, a lot of people are buying houses unseen or without inspection because yep. they just need a fucking house. Yeah. And that, another issue too, new construction is not being done well. New houses and new apartments... It's shoddy work. They're not putting in the time. So these things aren't going to last. The stuff inside is going to depreciate. And they may not be as sound of structures as you'd think. And what happens is Fox accurately blames coronavirus restrictions and X, Y, and Z. But they inaccurately obsess it to like government restrictions when it's like, no, you, you people don't want to risk their lives for not enough money to live on. Mm -hmm. So they aren't showing up to these things. We are also being assholes to anybody who might get those jobs. Right. Like, and then a lot of the people that got those jobs fucking got sick and died or got sick and can't work anymore and are disabled. Mm -hmm. So it's like further fucked up. But their their big issue is that like as long as the houses are owned, there's no problem with the house so there's not a, there's not a, there's not a rental crisis there's a home ownership crisis and it ends up being this thing where poor people are buying crappy houses because they need some place to live because they've bought into the game of capitalism and then rich people are making more money than ever before because they're speculating like you're saying or they're getting into investment groups that are just buying places like zillow isn't the first zillow Zillow's is just the it. online version of a thing that's been going on for decades and decades. Well, and it's important to note that a lot of uh, companies are also buying a lot of pro houses and stuff to rent out, so they're not even on the market. Also, you're usually expected to fork over more in rent than you would need to pay a mortgage payment, but even if you can afford that, if your credit score doesn't look right, all of those things we were talking about as barriers for rental, those barriers are also in place for mortgages it's a type of it's like another type of redlining really two things to uh, real quick before i forget to like quick summarize solo it, it was like 
Uber with houses. Like it was an online site that was trying to flip houses by buying them cheap and then buying enough that they would be able to kind of corner the market on house selling and you can do it online. And it's, it's more complicated well, than that. Well, and a that. lot of, a lot of places are buying and selling houses through LLCs to, LLCs to inflate the prices. These big companies are doing yeah. it, but individuals are doing it as well. So they'll buy, sell the house to an LLC in their name for more money. That'll inflate the property value and then they can then sell it for that because, well, just recently it sold for this much. And, and much like when a bank forecloses on a house and then takes it over, they don't lose money if the house just sits around and never gets bought because a house will always eventually get bought. And they can set mm -hmm. the price because eventually if you... It, it's kind of like how we want to raise the conditions of living so everyone has a better life. They're, they're not smart enough to realize, like, eventually you'll raise the rent high enough and people will just show up in the houses. We'll get to that in a minute. But... Uh, they, they assume if they raise the rent enough, eventually people will pay it and then mm -hmm. they make their money. Um, the, the thing, the, the main reason Fox looks so chokeable when they talk about this that I want people to kind of think about, like kind of from a recyclables angle at least, is that it's like the, their problem in part isn't just that there's a lack of empathy the the one i think the first video in the list of videos i have shared is about uh a seattle socialist who is advocating for breaking into houses that have been foreclosed on houses that have been zillowed houses that have been whatever and just fucking moving people in and if they try to move them out move them right the fuck back in because the banks aren't people people are people <laughs> well yeah it. and in the first uh the first months or so of the Russian occupation of Ukraine, a lot of Russian diplomats' houses have been moved into by people in, like, France and other countries as well because they're like, well, this is empty and we need these places for the people. So, like, I think they're even putting, like, Ukrainian refugees in those houses as well. But that's, like, a pretty common practice there. It's It sounds like it's happening in places where they're basically just being like, you need to... So, so what, 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 what do you think keeps us from doing that? In America, or oh, so. you know, I think it's because the houses are. It, it's because every house in America is haunted with the spirit of just the atrocities that Americans have committed, and so they're sentient beings. Well, yeah, I mean, and so we have to respect their boundaries. There's just so much more of a brainwashing in America about uh, if you bought it, you own it, regardless of how you got that money that was your money this is your house which is the important yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the important transition for us was all of this logic about the bank having priority over people comes from whatever i can't remember the name of the thing where we decided money is free speech right oh citizens united thank you that lets us say well the bank is a person Right? The bank is a kind of person. It's made up of people, so it's a person because the it. money is free speech. I hate it. So the bank ha it's the bank's right to make money. They are a business. I hate it. Avocado toast is why the kids can't buy the house. It's not, not the banks. Not the fact that the banks have risen the rent over 100% in a number of instances. I was going to say, the other reason that Fox, that, that really even CNN isn't going to like go too on board with this, uh, a little more recyclables for people, is that like there's essentially a subleasing of wealth and class that goes on here where it's like these people have really comfy lives. And I guarantee a lot of these reporters probably have rental properties, probably have a shit house in their hometown or something that they lease out to a guy like me that they know that they want to help out because they're trying to be a good person. But at the same time, like they do that to give money to more people because those thousandaires 
feed the millionaires that all conglomerate to buy the LLCs and the banks and shit that fund the billionaires who own them. And mm-hmm. like it's so it's a, they they don't want to fuck with their nice comfort and find people die for that. Like that's Oof. good times. I think the the other reason I want to highlight that it's such a class issue is that uh, June is the hundred and first anniversary of the Tulsa massacre. Okay, better podcast than us will cover Spark it. Spark notes: Post Civil War, a lot of black communities created their own communities, oh, yeah, their yeah. own businesses. They had their own like autonomous communities. White people didn't like that. And it gets it gets a little more complicated than that because Black Wall Street, which is yeah, we should do a Sparksmith history. But I mean, it's basically like they were being so successful that they were probably edging in, or at least white people were interpreting that they were edging in on their profits. I'm assuming this sounds like a white people thing to feel. Yeah, the thing is, black people are accumulating property and wealth, and they are accruing it right next to white people, and they're not trying to flaunt it, they're just trying to incorporate into the system that has said, hey, everybody is free and equal, and we gave your rights. It's like, you told us to do our own thing, we're doing it. And as a child, the thing I always learned about it was that it was, it, I, the thing I was always told repeatedly was that it was poor whites doing this shit. Was that it was like the poor white trash being racist and ignorant and doing this shit. And it was gr- the rich white people using the poor white trash as the flaming pitchfork. And that's kind of what I was getting at. Is like, yeah, sorry. Well, well, yeah, I just had just, the imagery. Just coming just come to history, what happens is that exactly that is like, there's a lot of people like you and I, we are poor whites, and we are pretty much, I would put us in the lower end of the class spectrum. I'm definitely, I'm sorry, you're trashy or something. Sorry, you're, you're white trash. You're white recyclables, that's the point of the oh, program. Oh, um, no, you're right. But but my point is that, that fear of both fitting in and also punishment for not being a part of the norm is what pushes people into it. Like, there's a, there's a whole bunch of more complicated shit than that. I don't want to dismiss personal agency and a whole bunch of other shit. But overall, the push for this was done by the middle class and wealthier whites who are the ones who feel threatened because the people who also prosper under these systems were poor whites. Poor whites were working for black people and making more money than they were under white people. That's why they were doing it. And once you become a threat to, once you become a solidarious threat, that's when fucking the wealthy people react. And like, that's kind of... So what happened, though, was a bunch of white people killed a fuck ton of black people there and was destroyed their businesses. Destroyed all of their businesses. And this so happened across the country in different... A number different... of times. Uh, Tulsa yeah. is just one of the more famous Tulsa's exam. Tulsa is one of the much more notable and, ones. And I say genocide specifically because they took over all of their shit. That was the whole point of it, was middle class families being like, well... I really feel like I deserve a store now. And you've done all the work to put a store in. Thank you. But you're not white, so evil. So we'll do an evil. Woof! But we'll also scare the poor whites into doing most of the work for us by telling them a variety of lies and bullshit. And, like, as a kid, I didn't know the part where it's, like, being pushed by the wealthier whites. I just knew the part where it's the poor poor whites are responsible. And, like, that's not to deny the responsibility, again, of the poor whites. But it's to, like, bring about that it came about because the poor whites were working with black people. Like, because there was solidarity there. And we fucked it up. My point in that is that, like, later movements learn to incorporate across the poverty line. We're seeing a similar 
set of agitations going on now and we're seeing a similar set of responses you know a hundred and fucking one years later right mm -hmm. the same dog whistles are being blown and the same violence is occurring and like it is i i don't want to say oh it's a matter of time before we get that i don't think it is exactly that gonna happen but these assholes are putting us on a path to get to this place and if we aren't conscientious of it together and that means taking a variety of actions a getting to know your neighbors that's a great way there are some things people are doing actively it was fun watching fox try to grapple with the reality of this but there are solutions outside of the democratic party uh there are definitely a couple a, things yeah. um if you're looking into trying to help with affordable housing and you hear about people building affordable housing do some research to figure out yeah. if that nonprofit actively gives a shit about actually creating affordable housing and see if the building they're building is going to genuinely have affordable housing in it because the manufactured housing association, that's part of the problem they're having too, is that like they're moving in and fucking changing all this stuff and then saying, well, this is affordable housing yeah. because the rent here is cheaper than if you went to an apartment complex and you have your own like house because it's a manufactured home kind of thing. Yeah. And then you're, but you're in that McDonald's situation. Yeah, well, exactly. I was going to say the one solution that keeps on just like, or it's not even a solution, but it seems like the most logical response, uh, that would potentially at least mildly, uh, narrow the gap between renters and homeowners and for me you should get the same kind of tax credit for paying rent that folks get for paying a mortgage because saying that someone gets to get more money because the money they spent is still their money wait one more time sorry because think so so when you are giving someone a tax credit for paying their mortgage you are paying them for paying their bill and yeah. for creating more equity. So you are paying them for enriching yourself. Yeah. Which goes back to like, we should just have a UBI. Yeah, obviously, obviously, but, but yeah, obviously. Yeah. Like if we could throw the baby out with the bathwater, I'd fucking do it right now. Yeah. But we don't have that luxury. But what I'm saying right now is that if we can fucking reward people for renting, yeah, like give them for, for paying their mortgage, we can reward people for renting because my rent is helping pay other people's bills. I am helping pay the yeah. salary of the people who work not only directly with this property, but also the property management company that uh, services oh. this this uh, yeah. this building and the surrounding area. Um, I'm helping I am, buy a house. <laughs> and I am potentially enriching those people's salaries enough that they can pay their own mortgage. mortgage. So I yeah. am, in a sense paying other people's mortgages so why are you only getting rewarded when you're paying your fucking mortgage i'm i'm do i guarantee you the money i'm paying in rent is putting more back into the fucking economy than someone paying their fucking mortgage i'm i'm not it's kind of like how a food stamps dollar makes so much more money like like puts so much more money into the economy than a tax credit to a business I did not know that. Patrick! 
Oh, I'm sorry, leftist. I'm just getting really mad. But so, like, I think there's obviously a lot of different solutions to talk about. But yeah. for me, that is the one that just makes the most sense logically if we're going to be talking about what a tax credit should be used for. It should be used to not only reward behavior, but also ease a burden. I don't disagree. I also love all those stories where you find out everybody at an apartment complex traded email addresses with each other and agreed to do a rent strike until things were reasonable. I love I love stories like that. No, too. I love seeing that stuff and I wish that I wish that, that was a more viable option. Yeah. And it would be nice if we could have that level of solidarity with each other. So like collective action obviously would be fucking great. But there are there are as much as I don't like fucking cheerleading any politician ever there are a few people uh that i'm seeing out there especially in washington which means like we can we can immigrate it south but like other people can look into it that's uh, in france right uh washington yes uh, washington france is uh is that the is that the woody part is that the i got no. that's where you get the real seahawks merch <laughs> seahawks Yeah, what's the French word for Seahawk? So, uh, uh, but while you look that up, there are uh, a couple of socialists. One of them is a a lady who immigrated from India. One of them is a a lady who's got some very fun commercials where she's literally like cutting through fences to get into property. But Facon, Facon de Mer, Facon de Mer. Fucon de mer, you. Fucon de mer. Fucon de mer. Fucon de mer. There we go. Oh, That's man. what we need to start doing to each other. Um, but they are advocating. There are politicians out there. Like there's parties, the the Democratic National Socialist or something. Like there's an offshoot of the Democrats that is more into socialism. Dem- oh, like the Bur- the party that Bernie Sanders, I'm assuming, is. Uh, I think he's still a part of the Democrats. Is he just a Dem or is he an independent? I, I don't know anymore. Fuck, I can't remember. I don't remember. It's all... Uh, that, it's all... Do you remember when that senator switched sides? No. Uh, but there are people advocating taking over these bank-occupied places and, like, giving them to homeless people. There have been a few people who have taken kind of apartment buildings in that position and converted them into homeless shelters. There is also legal measures you can make your city take. Like, if a place has been, you know, not occupied long enough and, like, can, the rent's been whatever, the city has some eminent domain rights. Like, the same shit they pulled when they build freeways and shit. So, there's a variety of, like, there are things that we can do. It always takes doing the things. I know some people are more capable of the things than others, says the dude, capable of very little So, this dude, Robert Smith, changed parties three times in the same year. Well, two times in the same year. Wait! No, he changed three times! He went from a Republican to a taxpayer's party on July 13th of 1999. Then he went from taxpayers to independent... Um, August of 1999, and then he went from independent back to Republican in November of 1999, November 1st. I'll, I'll be honest, none of that, that sounds like a, 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 a vertical movement, like that doesn't sound, a horizontal movement, that doesn't sound like, like, uh, oh shit, that doesn't sound like change. That sounds, oh yeah, 
So there's been three people who have, uh, s three senators have switched parties uh, e since 2001. Uh, it was Jim Jeffords, and he went Publicly. from a Republican to an independent, huh? Publicly. <laughs> Joe Manchin already did it, like, in private in his heart. Um, Joe Lieberman of Connecticut in 2006, he went from a Democrat to an independent Democrat. So when they, they specified oh, okay. how, what that, how that affected how they participated as well. So with Joe Lieberman, he still caucused with the Democrats. He was reelected to Connecticut, uh, for Lieberman ticket. However, he did not formally join that political party. So like he went independent, made a new party, but didn't actually join it. Um, and then, this guy, one of these other guys that I read, uh, kept seniority but did not caucus. That was a guy in the 70s, Harry Bird. Well, because they don't want to, the, the, the reason you do shit like that is you don't want to give up power. You just want to have the action. Miles Poindexter of Wisconsin. Um, he went from Republican to Progressive in 1913, and then he went from Progressive to back to Republican. In 1915. That, that's a shift, but that's... Wait, 1915? Yeah. Oh, okay. What a fucking nerd. Okay, so I'm saying uh, tax credit for paying rent. Like, if you're paying rent, you get a tax credit in the same way if you pay interest on a loan or if you pay a mortgage. So, like, I get a tax credit because I'm paying interest on my student loans. I say... Iron Man armors for everyone with morphine drips that we use to all occupy. Right, all right. Hey, if we had that budget and we could allocate those resources, I'd be down for that. All right. What if people just got to know their neighbors in the event that, like, you know, something yeah. happens, you guys can help each other out? Um, and I mean, that could literally be... That's easier said for me than other people. I know. No, but I think that easily could be one person, too. Like... Yeah. Finding that, finding that one fucking loud ass person in your apartment complex that's like a little much, but also really nice. Perfect. It, it's it's. A I'm not describing myself, but that is who I am too. I, I can't remember if it's anarchist theory or or uh, one one of them has a theory about like the natural born leader that sh that will run unions essentially that like no nah, we don't need bosses because there are people who will kind of be bossy like yeah well. So I've worked in childcare, you know, for yeah. years. And yeah, there's just some kids are really bossy and some kids really like to be like directed what to do. And it's not like you want someone to tell you what to do all the time, but you like to know what other people want to do and you like to play along with what other people are doing. And I think there is a place for followers and there's a place for leaders. I, I have a natural distrust of anybody who wants to acquire power. I have a natural distrust of anybody who says they don't want to acquire power as they're trying to acquire power, especially. Uh, so I guess I don't trust myself, damn it. So, I think being a leader doesn't necessarily have to be acquiring power. Yeah, yeah, that's, so I, I confirm it. It's uh, The I, way I, I would distinguish it, um, a lot of times when you have like someone who's at your level and then they get bumped above you, so they're technically like your boss or whatever, it can go one of two ways. It can go... They get so much worse at their job. They don't fucking care about you. They are only doing what they have to do to get by. And that's it. And they make more money than you and they have a better schedule. Like, there's that. Or you have the person who worked just as hard and is amazing. 
typically you get option one. I, I think, but occasionally you get option two, and I think that's I think that's real leadership. I think I think the problem with like all of our systems currently, I think overall, um, everybody's kind of crazy in their own way. Like especially the more political you get, the more you go a little nuts in what you want. And when you go conservative, what you want is like oh a past that doesn't exist. And when you're liberal, you want a now that comes from a past that didn't exist and is not at all true for everyone else. Right. Yeah, that isn't inclusive and isn't. Um, you think it is, but it's only you just want things to be the same. You want this illusionary idea that things. No, will but never my, you might not. You might acknowledge that it's not inclusive and be like, "Yeah, but some of those people, maybe they just don't need to be here." Yeah, like how gay marriage. Like, works. like let's be honest about a lot of liberal ideology, in that, like, they probably are a lot more comfortable with some like eugenicsy shit. Because yeah. I've straight up said, heard someone say, it's a shame I'm not having children because if I adopted a kid, they'd be ruined by the genes that created them. Like, straight up implied, because yes, I do know about epigenetics. I do know that trauma is passed on. But basically implying that because my I am a little more financially privileged and haven't had the same kind of traumas as other people, my kid would inherently be better. Yeah. than me adopting or fostering another child because of them growing up in poverty or X, Y, or Z. I, I, because they think that inherently devalues that child and that we would be better serviced by putting more better babies out there than caring for the yeah. ones that are already here. And I do... And that shit creeps me the fuck out. I'm, I'm right there with you because... So that's why I say liberals but, but leftists, are not I will, inclusive. I, but we are, as leftists, we are also insane in that we're like, look, 10,000 years of human history has gone on. Eventually it'll be different. Like, eventually we'll try good guys for a change or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so we're insane in that sense. And when you look at those three options of, like, let's go as far, let's go backwards... Let's not change anything because it all benefits me. Or let's hope maybe things could get better. I would rather be the crazy that's like, I hope things will get better. It's frustrating that we live under a system that's at best. Things must stay the same or they have to regress backwards. And that's what's like so annoying about like housing and shit is that they're like, they're stuck in this idea of like, well, it's always been this way. And it's like, A, it's been this way since maybe the 60s. B, the past was fucking worse. What do you want to be? Tied to the land as property yourself? Like, what? Own me, daddy. I mean, that's separate. That's, that's a... Um, <sighs> so, progress. It's not a straight line. Correct? Yeah. But for you, you do kind of feel like there's forward trajectory and backward trajectory well i think i i i think that one lady like do you think it's i'm i'm, I'm not going to get her name right but the lady that wrote the black history timeline of oregon uh has that quote that i always think about that history is a spiral it goes backwards or goes no forward. no i'm not talking about history i'm talking about progress specifically though like i'm talking about like leftist goals and leftist ideology versus conservative fascist ideology do you feel like it's a straight line between? Because I was thinking of something else, but I want to know what I, you think. I don't. I don't think it is exactly a straight line so much as I think fascism is particularly a lot of the time trying to get back to a, a state of empire that I think, in a lot of ways, 
most people have evolved out of mentally, because that was thousands of fucking. Yeah, I don't years think ago. our yeah, I don't think our brains really. I I think we have access to too much knowledge about all facets of society. For a lot of the ideology around a nation state and an empire don't really apply anymore. I do think that we've done as much as we can for the people who were in power then to replicate as much power as they can now. Yeah. And I think, I don't think leftist ideology is necessarily progressive all the time, but I think the, I, I personally go back to that thing I was talking about earlier with religion, where it's like, I don't think there's a heaven or hell. I think you make the world more heavenly or you make it more hellish. And I think overall... Well, what if I wanted to be like Limbo all the time? Well, then you're a liberal. Like, we all have to play Limbo. I no, guess... No, you are perpetually playing a game of Limbo. That's really shitty for you. I'm sorry. No, that would hurt a lot. Have you ever played Limbo? Not in a long time. I could So you did when I, you were younger? Yeah, when I was younger, I was a little more spryer. Like, I could do more. I okay. Mean, be, like, even, even more than before when you met me. Like, I was... I had always had a, I'm going to lose it, I better fucking use it philosophy, which is probably That's part fair. of You might have fucked it a little, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I fucked it as good use, yeah. Anyway, no, so, but, hold but on. I do think, I do think leftism, to a certain degree, if, I, I, I think, honestly, the synthesis of the past and the present, like, the past, present, and future in synthesis as much as possible, to consider the fact that, like, Native tribes living in harmony with the land was a great thing, but there was a certain amount of really important flaws to that way of living. Like, MRIs are super fucking cool, yo. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, and but also, at the like, same, but just at the they, same time, you can't really put MRIs in there because. But the way of thinking, as far as your relationship with how you need to look at the land not as a resource, but as a part oh, no, of your as, life yeah, and because yourself, of, oh. I, th I think that's important. But at the same time, I think MRIs are important. I don't know how to reconcile all of those things at once, but I think, I think trying to reconcile those in a way that doesn't destroy the world around us and doesn't kill people in the process and doesn't kill people through apathy, because I think apathy is murder. So I don't, I don't so know. So the main reason they asked that question... I think it's wibbly-wobbly. ...is because, like... <sighs> You had a joke, and I fucked No, up. I did not have a joke. You've watched a good amount of Spongebob, I'm assuming. Yeah. Do you remember the one where the war they are all really oh, tiny? No, no, I haven't. I'm sorry. I'm okay, lying. so there's an episode where the whole... <laughs> not mean to lie about, like, the most fun Okay, day. well... <laughs> anyway, sorry. It's a good episode. So there's an episode where uh, there's Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. They're, like, the superheroes. Yeah. They're, like, that way to Robin. I know that. And they... Patrick or Spongebob ends up with his uh, utility belt. And they're retired just for listeners who may Yeah, not. they're super old and adorable. It's super great. But um, they use it and they use the shrink ray and they shrink like the entire town. Like everyone's tiny. They're like, well, what are we going to do? Because there's like this big thing that can get us. These might be two different episodes, but either way. And Patrick's suggestion is to move the whole town somewhere else. Just, like, pick up the whole town and move it. Like, put it here. Like, there was a meme category yeah. with that. So, like, I almost feel like progress is, like, moving all of us. Yeah. In a direction that benefits all of us. So, like, it can't be a single direction because, I don't know. Well, that is But why I just, like, I, I, that, and I think that's where the wobbly comes in, where it's just, like, it's 
we are trying to meet the needs of so many people. But I think that's the way it needs to be done. Because if you keep pushing in this straight line, we keep on pulling further away from, like, actively existing in our world and and acknowledging our world and what it actually does mean to us versus what it we think it's worth. Uh, two two things before we end because I felt I found a better answer and I wanted to clarify something. The the joke I was making earlier about there's no bust, there's no boom. The, the capitalism is all based on bust and boom cycles. It's all based no, I on know. Like, and, and like, like it's they keep on talking about it like it's a bug it's a fucking feature so i just wanted it's to have a fucking feature i wanted to have like that asterisk moment like when you write a long thing and then you have an asterisk because you're like oh shit i made a joke maybe not everyone got that like we were making that joke because of that i think the issue with progress is you have to do because i've been listening to uh, pedagogy when i go to sleep now is God, you, you're such a fucking you, I need to listen to that you, at work. You've got to have conscientious thought to your process, progress. And if you just have progress for the sake of progress, then you have capitalism. You end up being the Lorax, right? But if you have conscientious process, like progress, then you can do things like, hey, we have enough to go around. Let's redistribute that, see how it is, and see if we're killing the planet. Because then if we do that, then like, oh shit, maybe there is too many of us and we should come up with a solution for that that's not... Like, maybe people who want to die should be allowed to die. Like, maybe there's a whole bunch of questions we can't even ask yet because we haven't bothered to just answer the real questions because somebody was like, I'll make 20 bucks if you don't answer that question. So, don't answer that question. Thanks! Like Yeah, so, makes me think of watching Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Everything he's talking about is what capitalism does to ruin our system. Capitalism, yeah. white supremacy, da 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 da. But he never says that's the problem. He because he cannot say that that's the problem. Also, he can get as close as anyone on yeah. like world broadcast television can to say it. Who has the audience that he has? And it's and just I, so infuriating because it's like he's giving us so much information, but he's just he's just I. I like it better than... I, I appreciate it because I think he knows capitalism is the answer and he's trying to say it... Without b- saying, saying it. it it's the notes you don't play? Yeah. I, well, no, no, no. I think he I think he points it out quite a bit where he's like trying to be like, look, I can't say this because they just won't let me say it because I will say... The problem is once you say it's capitalism, we need to do X, Y, and Z, people are like, oh, you're a crazy person. Well, no, so he never... Yeah, like he never says it's capitalism, but he's like, there are greedy people in this field there is no legislation to actually affect the consumer in this situation. They are getting insanely abused. Liberals, the problem with liberals is that they have the idea that they have a soul. But they, it, it's like, I've, I've, I've been thinking about gay marriage in particular in terms of them. Where they're all like, yeah, we support pride and we support gays and 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 we were never against it but this is the same democratic party that wasn't passing it in the fucking 90s and 80s even though behind closed doors they're always like yeah it's no big deal because they don't fucking like their voters they're scared of them i I don't okay i'm going too far into the thing but my point is just like it's not that they it's not even that they don't like their voters or that they're scared of their voters it's that they don't care about their voters and they're willing to change if they're forced because they're so comfortable with whatever now is yep. that like, okay, now that gay marriage is cool. That is why the far right is always trying to kind of influence them. Cause they're like, if you're not fine with trans kids and liberal, if once liberals stop being fine with trans kids, then they are in much more danger 
And, like, that's why it's so important to push these people to it, because, like, they're awful, but they're awful by apathy, by inaction. And if well, they're awful by... So... We're getting way too into it. No, obviously, but I'm going to say I think it's important to note that there's probably a good amount of people who have some pretty good intentions that's just... I think there are just a lot of people out there who really lack the level of imagination required to think these things. I see. And it's not to say that they can't do it. It's just that it seems to just be so much more work for them. I, and that's not even to excuse the problems that are caused by them still not getting it. When I still identified as white trash, I would have been what I considered liberal. And I th- now... And part of that was, I thought liberal was as far left as you were allowed to go without being crazy. And I think that's part of the wide reason John Oliver can't say capitalism is because liberals think you're crazy once you start bringing in Marx and shit. Well, yeah, no, like, I, I know what you're talking about because, like, it's like the level of liberal that, like, bums out polite so, polite conversation. Yeah. It's the part, it's like, oh, so you don't want to talk about this part out loud even though it's actively happening and it affects everyone in this room. They don't want to be uncomfortable. They want they want it to stay the same. And it's like, I fully understand your desire to not be uncomfortable because I would love that too, but you know what? Some of us don't have a fucking choice. Yeah. It's It's excruciatingly important in uh, America and other industrialized nations to understand that we know a certain kind of poverty, but we do not know, like, certain kinds of poverty, especially in less developed countries. I, I have, you, you just made me realize a thing. I have a thing I, I'm always saying about how, like, we will never, you and I will never get to talk to the truly wealthy. Like, we'll never run into a Koch brother. They'll never have a conversation. They will be, our writings will never touch their face, no matter how famous we are, because they will have people to explain it to them or shit like that. Inversely, I might be one of the poorest people we know, but I will never know poverty, like fucking drinking out of a river. Like, I've slept on the streets, but I've slept on the streets for the night because I couldn't find a couch that night. Like, hey, like once. Yeah, you are not the person who lives still, on the corner of Powell who has, I think he has lived there in a tent of varying whatever for like three years. And like, and part of that That's a is, different level of poverty. And part of that is because that's how class hierarchy is supposed to be arranged. And part of the problem is, I can't help dude. You can't help dude. Billionaire dude can help dudes lots of dudes yeah no seriously so anytime i see someone fucking bootlicking a millionaire or a billionaire right now any fucking time i'm like if rich people really wanted poor people to suffer less they would be able to address the problem like stop assuming that the people with power would if there's no would if other than we fucking make them what's our final what's our okay so my final thing on right yeah because we definitely skedaddled all over the place but i can i can put that into the archives there's like 12 hours of it now my final thing on rent is that yes i will agree with you we need to have a ubi something along those lines we need to make sure that people can get their basic needs met because this is the richest country in the world yeah we should be able to afford it um but before that, 
the thing that I would like to see at least because like some of these problems are just so wild and insane and I don't know how to under like address the predatory part is that they could create a tax credit for people who pay rent that is comparable or similar to the tax credit that people who pay a mortgage get or people who pay interest on a loan get. Um, but you know, that is, that is all I'm going to say is that I understand that there are so many more things I would like to do, but I think at least at this point, an extremely reasonable thing from a policy standpoint is to at least give money back to renters so that they can reinvest in their lives in some way, shape or form. They can put that money back into the economy. Yeah. They, they, if the economy is so important, give us money so we can put it back into it. This wasn't going to be my point, and I say this as a pacifist, but they should be scared of us. Yeah. Or, or, or of us withholding labor, of us just being fucking rude to them, of us yeah. electing new officials. Like, like the, the power dynamic needs to shift. That wasn't going to be my point. But I was no, like, I think I, your original point before, though, about um, getting to know the people in your community and creating solidarity. I think that's extremely learn, important. Yeah, yeah, and that's always learned to see through the bullshit. See and through the bullshit. At least know one of your neighbors. This isn't just, this is like a lot of things. This isn't a poor issue alone. This isn't a disabled issue alone. This isn't this a, is an a, everybody issue. This isn't everybody issue. And this isn't everybody issue. Yeah, so take care of everybody. Um, don't talk to any bad guys. I like, I like it better. The New Stump was produced by Rochelle Cody and Patrick Thomas Perkins. It was edited by Patrick Thomas Perkins. Music clips can be found in full on Aesop Rock's The Blob, available at Rhymesayers Entertainment. For free. Like, like he says to do stuff like this. That's why I did it. Hey, Harriet, can you just, like, not poop in your litter box anymore? I'm really tired of smelling it. Like, can you just keep that in? Just don't let it out. Thanks. I think she's going to do it. That's going to be the cutscene. That's going to be the, uh... Thank you for picking up recyclables today. Donations to the ACAST streaming service are, of course, always welcomed, but the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today. If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.